Well, good morning, Greenwich. Welcome to the Monday, May 24th edition of the Basement Academy. May 24th is always a special day at our household. Uh, it's our wedding anniversary. Today is the actual day. I know we celebrated over the weekend. Uh, we call this our family birthday because on May 24th, 1986, a new family was born. Never before had there been a Don and Krista Meeks family. And so we always reach out to our kids and uh, when they were in our home and younger, we would celebrate the family birthday. And so uh, we're rejoicing 35 years. Wow, where did those years go? And so uh, the morning psalm kind of speaks to, uh, there's a, a line that I want to lift up and reflect on for a moment. But uh, as we, Krista and I, have uh, been enjoying these 35 years, God has been so faithful. And so we're so glad for the way in which uh, he brought us together in his perfect way in time and the blessings of our own families uh, and so many friends and church families that have stood with us to support us and encourage us in helping to keep our vows. And so, um, yeah, so rejoice with us and our family on this special day. Okay, Psalm 84. Love, love, love this one. For the director of music, uh, this is of the sons of Korah. They were the worship leaders. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Amen. Psalm 84. So it's, the, it's a psalm that rejoices in the the reality of God's presence, being in God's presence, dwelling in the courts, the house, the temple of God, going to church, okay, would be a way we might think about it. Being with God's people in God's house, he has promised to be with us. Wherever two or three are gathering together in his name, there he is. And blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your court, Psalm 65. And so, it's this idea, the image of the pilgrimage, I think, to the house of the Lord, uh, dwelling in God's presence. But I think also, we're not at home here in this world, right? This world is not our home. And so 
it's this also this broader pilgrimage, not just the worshiper's pilgrimage going to church, going to temple, but the pilgrimage we make through life. And so, uh, blessed are those whose strength is in you who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. It's this understanding that the purpose of life is not to accumulate things, items, wealth, power, status, toys. You know, the, 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 the reason I'm here is not to serve myself, but there is, there is this long obedience in the same direction, this journey that we are on. We seek a heavenly city. And so um, I think this pilgrimage that I've been on with, with Krista for these 35 really 37 years. We've known each other two years prior to our, our marriage. And so this, this long journey with a life partner, uh, the ups and downs, the valleys, the, the peaks that, that, that are experienced, there's no marriage that, that is uh, without challenge, without ups and downs. And of course, we've just come through a, a significant experience together not just in my mother's death, but in the years leading up to that caring for mom for the three years that she's been in our home, and then the years prior to that after my father had died. So uh, an extended season of of care uh, that Krista took the lead on in, in so many ways, and so honor her today. So as you are on your own pilgrimage, spiritual pilgrimage, um, marriage and family pilgrimage, um, this may be an up time for you. This may be a down time for you. Set your heart on the pilgrimage. Know that there is a reward. There is a destiny. There is a God who is accompanying us at every step of the way. May they go from strength to strength. And so pray that to be true for you and invite you to pray for us as we continue our journey as a family. Okay, let's continue reading Ecclesiastes. Two more chapters, and then we'll we'll finish out the week. Um, so Monday, Tuesday, chapters eleven and twelve, and then we'll the balance of the week will just be some extended reflections. Ecclesiastes chapter eleven. Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Give portions to seven, yes to eight. For you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where it falls, there will it lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let not your hands be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. But let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. 
Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. But know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. So then banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor are meaningless. Chapter 11. Okay. The entire theme of the book of Ecclesiastes is this life under the sun. Life as we experience it, as we observe it. And so this is a book that belongs to that that smaller uh, body of of works in the Old Testament known as the wisdom literature. Looking at life, observing trends, facts, truths about the human condition, the way life works in this world that God has made. So there's a lot of wind blowing about (laughs) and the like and our inability to catch or control the wind. And so, so there's images and metaphors given us from the created order. And so we open with one, cast your bread upon the waters for after many days you will find it again. Give portions to seven or eight for you do not know what disaster may may come. It's a strange little saying to cast your bread upon the waters. I mean, if you throw bread on the water, it's not coming back, right? It's going to get soggy. Um, it might get nibbled by the fish. Uh, was telling the story a week ago. We were recalling, my brothers and I were, going to my mother's uh, original home where her parents lived, my grandparents, um, on Smith Island. Uh, Granddaddy, Marshall, was a waterman. And so uh, he would harvest the Chesapeake Bay for oysters and crabs. And so they lived right... Uh, right on the water, their, their house. And so when we were kids, we would get little Coke bottles and we would tie a string to it and we would put bread in the Coke bottle and we would drop it over the edge uh, from the dock and the minnows would come on in, or minners, as, as granddad would call them, get the minners. And so I thought that was high adventure for a kid of, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years old, whatever it was, you know, I'm catching fish. And I was casting my bread on the waters in some way, but the bread gets soggy. So what does this phrase mean? There's a couple different uh, thoughts. One is it might have to do just with uh, being engaged in maritime commerce, okay? You are engaged in trading overseas, okay? I think it's commonly thought to be speaking to generosity, casting your bread giving away to the waters of humanity, as it were. Uh, be, be, be kind and gracious. It, it, this, this is a, a unique thought in the Bible. This doesn't get picked up uh, quite the same way. Generosity, the theme of generosity certainly does. And so over the years, the Jewish and, and Christian commentators on this have thought it means to be gracious. Cast your bread on the waters and then it comes back. That is, if you're gracious to others, it will return. What you sow, you will reap. It's kind of that 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 image. But then you tie in this giving portions to seven or eight, for you do not know what disaster may come. Some have suggested there's some financial advice that diversify your assets, as it were. Be involved in different kind of, en- excuse me, different kind of endeavors because you don't know what's going to happen. And so it's an interesting phrase. 
um, that certainly seems to commend some expansive approach to life, if I could say it that way. Not being, not holding on, but, but casting out, uh, expanding one's life, casting your bread upon the waters, they come back. There's some return on investment, as it were. There's some uh, awareness that if you diversify, give portions to seven or eight as you're kind and gracious to others, if a disaster comes, there might be generosity that returns to you. So I think, generally speaking, I think I take these verses to be live an expansive, open, generous, open-hearted, open-handed life. And then if the clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Uh Uh-huh. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Uh Uh-huh. It's kind of like the only, if a tree falls down and no one's around, does it make a sound? Uh... It is why so redundant a statement? If it rains, it, it, it kind of gets wet. Uh, if the tree falls, there, it's, there it lies. But then whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Hmm. There are fixed realities in this world. If the clouds are full of water, it rains. Okay, we need some rain, don't we? It's been a dry spell. Um, so a little, little bit of rain falling right now outside. I, I think what's, again, this is a, a book of practical wisdom, observations. There are things that are true. Hey, when the clouds are full, it rains. When the tree falls down, there it lies, whether to the south or the north. There are fixed realities in this world. But whoever watches the wind will not plant. That is, if if you're looking, if you're concern for the right conditions to do something. There are people that are that way. They're so cautious. They're so cautious. Boy, I don't know. You know, if I commit to this, if I do that, it might not work out the way I want. And so if you look to the wind, there are fixed realities and then there are realities that cannot be known. And so in the world we live in, clouds rain, trees fall, but wind is variable. And so if you're wanting everything in life to be certain, just like the clouds that rain and the tree that falls and stays right where it is, if you want life to be certain, it ain't going to (laughs) work. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Oh, it might rain today, so I'm not going to go out and get in the field and, and start harvesting. And so, but this is how it is, right? There are some of us that are so cautious, we want all the conditions to be just right before we commit, whether it's in relationship, whether it's in business, whether it's spiritual commitment. I've got to have all my answers figured out. I've got Somebody's got to answer and address all my questions I have about God or I will not believe. And so there's something in the human spirit that wants certainty. We want to know. And in the absence of that certainty, we become cautious or we refuse to commit. There are fixed realities that can be known and there are some things that cannot be known. And the wise person lives into that. And so we live, Lord, I cast my seed into the ground. And ultimately, if 
I need you to send rain. So the farmer prays for rain. Okay. You know, we have technology that can irrigate. And so that's, you know, over time we've been able to do that. But, but in ancient times, the farmer would plant the seed and then you pray for rain. And sometimes the harvest is coming and a hailstorm or locust may come and destroy the harvest. And the farmer just picks themselves up and goes again. That's why the farmer is so often commended. The picture of faith, you just keep on plugging. <laughs> uh, this heart set on pilgrimage, as it were. Uh, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. And so again, this reality. So having just he who is looking to the wind and is maybe afraid to plant because, oh, it might be too windy and the seed might scatter, so it's this, you do not as you do not know the wind, nor do you know how the the, the spirit is formed and the, the the child is formed in the mother's womb. There are things about life and things about God that you cannot understand. So I think it's this same theme: live an expansive life, live a generous life, live an open-handed, open-hearted life. Don't try to get everything figured out. Um, there are certainties that you can know, but there's much uncertainty in life and the deepest uncertainties as you do not know the path of the wind, you do not know how the body forms in the womb. It's mystery. Uh, I, I know that the scientists, the biologists, others can tell us how the child forms, but really, how does the child form? How is it that each of us came from our mother's womb? There was a time when we were not. Wow. And so it's understanding that God is the maker of all things. God is sovereign in this world that we live east of Eden. Remember, we live outside the garden. <laughs> we are not immediately in God's presence as Adam and Eve were. So your seed in the morning, at the evening, let your hand, let lots your hands be idle. You don't know which will succeed, this or that. <clears throat> and so be engaged in various pursuits. And so after you sow in the morning, you do your work, come home, there's other work to do, okay? Be engaged in other pursuits. Um, we would talk about, uh, don't just <laughs> live for yourself, do your work, but then get involved in your community, in church. Obviously, we're, we're connected to Greenwich. Uh, get to know your neighbors. Um, be, be about caring for your, your own home and, and your own. So, so one just never knows. You do not know which will succeed, whether this or that. So, so I think the theme that's in these opening verses of chapter 11 is some uncertainty, right? Um, Give portion to seven or eight because you do not know what disaster may fall. Um, if you watch the wind before you plant, you may never have a harvest. You do not know the path of the wind. So, so there's uncertainty in life and we have to be content with that. We have to understand that, embrace that, live into that uncertainty. But the certain reality is God. That's, I think, what the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, in the midst of an uncertain, um, tentative, this or that kind of world, there are the, the, the deepest fixed reality is God, the maker of all things. And then it's going to pivot in the end of chapter 11, and we'll see tomorrow in chapter 12, 
the writer to teacher brings home the story. It's all about the fear of God, giving our attention to him. Be happy, young man, while you are young. Let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes will see. So live it up. Youth is the time of strength and vitality and energy and interest and curiosity. And we love to play and throw ourselves into things. And when you're young, you have very few responsibilities. And if you're old enough to have a job, that is, you know, you get a little bit of money and few responsibilities. There's uh, kids love to play. Okay. But over time, you accumulate responsibilities. Over time, you, you, um, other commitments uh, come into one's life. And so there is, youth is a season. And I think it's suggestive that it's a fleeting season. But the young person doesn't know that, do they? The young person of 18 or 20 or 25 doesn't fully understand 35 and 55 and 75. Okay, I don't understand 75 yet. I'm just 60. But... But at this stage of the game, I've experienced some losses. I've experienced some heartaches, some disappointments. And so as you go on in life, uh, there's the body ages and, and we slow down um, and the interests mature and, and, and divert and develop and deepen. And some things that I was interested in as a younger man, I just, I don't care that much about anymore. And so the, the, the writer here... Um, the teacher is um, kind of frames it. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all, but let him remember the days of darkness for they will be many. It's this live our lives with an awareness of time that passes. Live your life with awareness that, that, that should God be gracious, you have many years to live, but as you live, you slow down. <laughs> And commitments and responsibilities accumulate. And so, follow the ways of your heart, whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. I think the companion psalm to this, or the companion prayer to this, is in Psalm 25. Remember not the sins of my youth. (laughs) Oh, Lord, remember not the sins of my youth. Uh, It's a Again, one of the reasons we pray the Psalms daily, every month I get to say that prayer. God, have mercy on me for my youthful indiscretions, the silly, stupid things I've said or done, the ways I've not cared for, and, and you know, just all the crazy things we do when we're young, right? And so this is a, a gentle reminder. I don't even know if I want to say warning, but a gentle reminder Live your life. So the young person who reads these words, and I remember these words from my uh, earlier days coming to faith in my days down at UVA and reading this. And so there was this early sense of live it up, but (laughs) enjoy yourself, but know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. And so it is this, notion of the fear of God. Live your life with an understanding that there is a God, that there is a God, and that that God graciously watches and provides and has a time and a season for everything, 
but also will bring to accountable, will hold us accountable. Now, to be a God-fearer is a good thing, and so we balance the fear of God with the grace of God. We live with an awareness that we will have to give an account for our lives. What have we done with the days that God has given us, with the hands that God has given us, with the, the lives and the, the, the resources that God has entrusted to us? We must give an account, Jesus tells these kind of parables. But we need not fear in the sense of, oh no, I'm, I, it's all over me. Because as Christians, we understand that Christ has interceded for us. His death and resurrection were meaningful they weren't merely exemplary trying to show us the sacrificial way to live is to give your life up. His death accomplished something. It atoned for the sins of our youth. And so it's balancing accountability and grace. We'll be held accountable for the things we've said or done, but we've also done good things, right? <laughs> For the way we have cast our bread on the waters, the way we have given portions to seven or eight, the way we have planted in faith, the way we have reaped uh, in, in faith and hope and love, the ways we have trusted God to be in an uncertain future, he will judge that also, right? And so when we think the judgment, we always think bad things. Oh, all the crazy things I've done. God is going to commend us. Well done, good and faithful servant. That, that parable of Jesus is in um, Matthew 25. And then the sheep will say to him, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? When did we visit you in prison? When, when did we do any of these things? As you did it to the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy. So that is a parable of judgment, but it ends with grace and uh, overflowing joy. Again, so if you are a Christian believer, if you trust in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. We just talked about that in the sermon on Sunday. Uh, we celebrate Pentecost. If you're a Christian believer, your sins have been forgiven. And so, so again, we don't just go, oh, well, I can just do whatever I want. No, we live thoughtful, mature lives. <clears throat> but it's this understanding that as Christians, we can live free lives. We are unencumbered. We, we can live these unencumbered lives because we know that in the midst of all the uncertainties of our lives, God is present, God is certain, God is fixed, God is there, and he has sent his son to die and to rise, to atone, and so that we will follow him into a life of, of service and uh, generosity uh, in the same way. And so I think that's this, this chapter, I think, points us in, in, in that direction. And then if you are not a Christian believer, I'm not sure who would be watching this, how you would find this if you were not, but, but if you are not yet convinced of Jesus Christ, please contact me. Let's talk more. But trust God has your best interest in mind and he sent his very son Jesus to live in human flesh and to live a life of obedience and faithfulness and service and then to offer himself for you. And there's a lot to explain about that if you're not a, a Christian believer. There's some things that might not make sense. But for Christians, we have every reason to be confident and joyful and, and hopeful, even in the midst of the uncertainties of this life. Let's pray. 
<clears throat> so, Lord, as we journey this day in our pilgrimage, we set our hearts afresh on pilgrimage. May we find our strength in you, not in ourself, not in our own <laughs> wisdom or resources or cleverness, but in your grace and mercy. And so teach us, O oh Lord, to live expansive lives, generous lives, trusting lives in the midst of life's uncertainties and help us to live with an, a blessed assurance of the certainty of your presence, your sovereign hand in our lives. And so we begin this new day, this new week, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit, that Pentecost power. Fill us all afresh that we may walk in the ways of Jesus and bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. As we make our prayer in Jesus' name, even as he taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the God of grace and mercy and freedom and joy and power and truth, may that God bless you, keep you, abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.